God is good. Today I really am not preaching. I'm more of teaching. Who among you? you know, in the past I've been preaching, right? This time I'm going to teach. But here's a question I want to ask you. How many of you here have experienced going through a season of waiting? Or maybe you are in a, in a season of waiting, even now. Don't you just hate it when you have to wait? You know, I grew up in a generation where we use cameras. You know, not digital cameras, but the cameras where we have to buy 24 shots or 36 shots of, you know, film. And we have to wait until the 36 shots is, you know, all used up, and then we go to the developing center, and they say, okay, come back next day. And later, they become more effective, like come, come back in an hour. And so, my generation, we're used to waiting. Your generation is not used to waiting. Because today, you take a, ca- you take a picture, oops, I look too fat there, delete. You know, oops, this one, uh, I look like I have a horn at the back, uh, delete. And, and then you can edit your pictures right there in your digicam. Change the shading, you know, this and that. And, you know, you can do a liposuction here and there, you know. <laughs> and just remove, you know, the zits on your face. And there's so many things you can do right there and then. And so the, the time that we live in is training us to be, become a people who is impatient. We can't wait. We're impatient, but I've been waiting.
the people's call. There's only one call you have to respond to. It's God. All of you will work. All of you will have supervisor. But you know what? If you are a good employee, if you are a good worker, you will hearken to the voice of the Lord. And guess what? You will be excellent in everything you do. We serve God, don't we? Call everything you do. Why do you want to buy that couch? Why do you want to marry? Why do you want to go to Pakistan? Why do you want why do you want to be a pastor? Why do you want to why do you want to graduate with honors? Why do you want to fail? Did God call you to fail? I mean, what what is what 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 motivates it? Is it the call of God? God is always talking to you on a day-to-day basis. Stop thinking about a career. As Christians, we are to be a people of God. We go according to the call of God. That's what vocare, vocation is up. You know, vocation is vocare, listening to the call of God. It necessity you have a relationship with this person who calls you, and whatever the person calls you, you go. My experience, I never had a career path. I had a career path before I became a Christian. This was my plan. I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to become rich. Marriage was not in the plan. I was going to buy myself a nice house. And my sister's plan, my younger sister, I'll just live with you. <laughs> she probably <laughs> hear this today. She's our cohort advisor in the Philippines now. But, and I will laugh about it now. <laughs> but... That was her plan. My plan. And then God rocked my world after I became a Christian. Everything changed. And from that time onwards, my plan, I will hear your voice. And I will do what you tell me to do. That's it. And people ask me, so how do you plan towards it? I'm like, I, I really don't. I only plan as far as what God told me. God said, I called you to here. Okay, now I will plan from here to there. When God said, I called you to marriage, what did I do? I started planning, how can I be a better wife? How can I learn to be a wife? Because I'm used to being, very, how can I learn submission? How can, while I'm waiting for the promise. So when my husband married me, and I married him, we're great. You can ask him, you can interview him. He's the best person who can tell you. But sometimes I tell him, let's fake a fight. <laughs> this, this marriage is too boring. We're not fighting at all. We need to fight. And he will go, no, no, no. Fighting is too stressful. But I, I, I tease him all the time. Like, no, I'm fighting with you today. I'm fighting with you today. It's just a running joke in, in our marriage. Because we don't. We just don't. And we're going five years, and then I cannot connect with people who like fight all the time. I'm like, what the heck? It's because I, I prepared God. You believe God called you to marriage? What are you feeding your husband when you get married? Noodles? You are praying for the Proverbs 31 woman? Are you a Proverbs 31 man? Why would God cause a woman suffering because of your stupidity? I'm serious. 
I'm like, oh, I want to get married. And then when you get married, you're trashing each other. What the heck? I'm like, what? Oh, it's just hormones calling, you know, to get married. That's not what it is. God already told you what the, you're going to be a pastor. Learn the skills, learn the habits, learn today, not tomorrow. God called me to be an intercessor. Are you interceding today? Start developing the habit. Because if you don't, when you get there, you will be an utter failure. And you will hate yourself because you're not. Oh, God, forgive me. For, because you have not been wise. When God reveals to you something, it's often because He wants you to prepare towards it. Principle four. I may just get the principle principle five, and I may have to. Five. Remember, while you're waiting on the Lord for that breakthrough, whatever you're praying for, remember your heart is deceitful. This is especially true if you're praying about a partner in a partner in life. You force things. Yeah, but he's already a Christian. It should be this will work. I mean, you're obviously fighting about something. There's obviously something that is not working here. But you're trying to massage it. And you're like, no, 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 no. You know, ladies, when you go shopping and you try like, but it's so nice. It's on sale. But you're not a size 6. You're trying to fit in a size 6. And like, it's not going to work. It, you have to wait for another sale and finally you get your size 12 or your size whatever. Or your size 10 or size whatever. But you can't force it. Otherwise, you will look like a pillow, a big pillow with a small... <laughs> you know how that looks, right? The heart is deceitful. Sometimes we want something so bad we try to make it work when it's supposed not to work. And you're supposed to just drop it. Your heart is deceitful. That's why you need the word. Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward the mind according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. So the, the psalmist said, pray this prayer. Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Principle five. While you're waiting, be accountable. While you're waiting, be accountable. Allow somebody make a decision ahead of time. Before you do anything stupid, ask somebody... To call you out on anything that they notice in your life. And this is usually a hard thing for people. Why are you minding my business? This is my business. I'm an adult. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. That's why you always end up in trouble. Because you're an adult. I can tell you. I have escaped a lot of sorrows. Because of I held myself accountable to my pastor. And my pastor's wife. It saved me. From unnecessary pain. Life is too short to go through so much. You already went through so much before you became a Christian, before you committed your life to the Lord. Why do you want to go through that path again? Allow people to speak to you. And there's sometimes hard truth. They'll tell you, you know what? That this is not cutting it. It's either you straighten up or 
This is it. And sometimes you have to go there. You have to allow somebody to... And you're like, man, I hate Dr. Cook. She always says that to me. It's so annoying. Why does she tell me I'm fat? I'm like, because you are. Why will I lie to you? Oh, no, you're just chubby. No, you're not. <laughs> it's the real deal. If I, if I try to label it, I'm not trying to judge you. No, I'm not. I'm trying to help you see where the problem is. And that's why here on campus, you know me. I'll walk up to you and say, uh-uh. Where is Erwin? Erwin. Erwin, I love this man. He wasn't, Erwin, can I tell them the story, Erwin? He was in my class, Systematic Theology. And he started laughing. <sighs> and I got distracted by something else while he was laughing, his belly bouncing up and down. <laughs> I said, Erwin, you need to work out. Guess what? I love the guy. Summer, I promise you, Dr. Cook, when I come back, I'm going to be sexy. He came back. No flab, nothing. Look at him now. And he kept his word. I admire that. He held himself accountable. He's like, I gave my word. I said, and I'm going to do it. Right, Erwin? You remember that? <laughs> Did I embarrass you today? Be accountable. Relevant verses here. Am I over time now? Not yet. I would give him, uh, Job 31, 37, I would give him an account of my every step. This is Job talking. Like a prince, I would approach him. Matthew 12, 36, But I, will, I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. It is going to be a very embarrassing day on the day of judgment. Yeah, but he, uh, he provoked me. Yeah, but... It doesn't matter. You spoke a careless word. For everything. If you don't learn to give account for everything here on earth, it's going to be a sad day. When we come before the Lord. Okay. Romans 14.12 So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. So stop making... It's Dr. Cook's fault. It's, you know, it's Dinteri's fault. You know, it's this person's fault. That's why I'm like this. It's my father's fault. It's, stop. Because you have to give account for yourself. And you cannot say, God, it's his fault. Judge him. I'm free. No. That's not how it works. Principle six. While waiting, find your wholeness in Christ alone. If you want to be happily married, you have to find wholeness in Christ alone as a single person. If your life is incomplete as a single person, you are not ready for marriage. I want to get married because he completes me. Baloney. There is a soap opera dialogue. He completes me. He's just perfect for me. One day he wakes up and suddenly like, who is this man? He doesn't complete me, let's separate. Guess what? 
You only date when you date somebody. You only see, don't see them 24-7. You have a date? One whole day? You have patience for every day. For, for, the, for each other. You wake up with the person 24-7. The person farts. The person burps. The person doesn't know how to put back the, 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 tooth, the, the cap of the toothpaste back on the thing. The person, you know, the person is a slob. And you wake up, who are you? You're not the man you married. Well, he is the man you married. You just didn't know. Every day the person wakes up, the first thing he does, he's not the prayerful man that you think. The first thing he gets, it's computer games. That's his daily devotion. And you're like, oh my God, what happened? My husband backslidden. No. He has always been that way. Uh-huh. And if you are not fully complete in the Lord, you will start complaining about your spouse. You don't complete me anymore. You're a different man. No. He's always been the same. He just hide it from you. You know, he came up. I'm looking good. I smell good. You know, let's go on the date. I'll pay for your food. We're good. Uh-huh. Those of you who mar- you are married, you know what I'm talking about. Find your wholeness in Christ alone. Be whole in Christ because sometimes your spouse will fail you. And at that time, you have to be able to carry the load for it to work. If it's 50-50, guess what? When the 50 is not working, you're done. Both of you have to bring 100%. That's principle six. You're waiting for something? If I can just get, when I was a kid, like if I just get the pair of jeans, I'll be the happiest kid in the planet. I got a pair of jeans, but I want this other one. I mean, I was not complete in Christ. You know, I just get the latest model of iPhone, and finally you got it. Then a new iPhone comes. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I just got this. I'm like, it, now it's like, it's old. It's not the latest model anymore. I'm like, You'll never be happy. But so your happiness is only in the Lord. Colossians two nine ten. For in him in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have made, made you have been made complete, and he is the head over the rule all rule and authority. I'll kind of uh, speed up a little bit because I'm already over time. Principle seven our focus is always and should always be Jesus. That is where your focus should be. Hebrews 3.1 Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts. Men, if you have to fantasize at all, think of God. All your fantasy will die. All unholy thoughts will die. If you're feeding your thoughts with something else, on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, who we can Hebrews twelve two. Therefore, we all, since we are, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Principle eight: While waiting, you need to be productive in the kingdom of God. I want to be an apostle. Well, are you being productive today? 
Are you reaching out the lost today? Are you leading today? Are you a starter today? Are apostles start, they, they start things. They initiate. So, no, 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 no. But maybe, you know, God, I will be an apostle in 10 years. No, be productive where you are today. Fruitfulness. You have to be productive. Don't wait until you get the title, or you get the position, or the, the, your denomination ordains you to start doing what you're supposed to be doing. Do it now. Be productive now. That's the best way to wait. You're not just sitting there not doing anything. Do what you already know God told you to. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. John 15.16 You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. See? Fruit bearing leads to your answered prayer. But what we do, Lord, answer my prayer first, then I will bear fruit. We bribe God. We try to bribe. Lord, if you do this for me, I will do this for you. I'm like, huh? Like God needs it. He's self-sufficient. He doesn't need anything from you. He asks us to obey Him for our own benefit, not for His benefit. God doesn't need us to exist. God doesn't need us to be happy. Our disobedience grieves Him, but He still remains the self-sufficient God. Principle 9. Become in Christ as you wait. Work on your attitudes. Remember, be attitudes. Be a happy person. Don't be a grumpy person. I don't like hanging out with grumpy persons. I'm like, go away. Get out of my face. Grumpy, complaining, grumbling. Oh my gosh. Like, life is so good. What is wrong with you? I have a lot of shoes. Hallelujah. God is good. I have clothes that I can wear. Praise God. I have a job. Praise God. I have a husband. Praise God. I have food on my table. I actually eat three meals a day. I used to eat two meals a day. I actually eat three meals a day. Hallelujah. God is good. I will develop nurture character. Nobody, you cannot get that. In, they cannot teach you character in school. You have to work it. In class we discussed the other day, it's very important to take everything that happens to you as a lesson learned. Gain wisdom from it, bad or good. And I shared in class Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love God. Do you love God? Somebody stole something from you, do you still love God? Or are you grumpy already? And those who are called according to this, become in Christ as you wait. Jeremiah 18.34 So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand. So the potter formed it into another pot shaping it as it seemed best for him. The Lord is the potter. You are the clay. Sometimes the Lord's hand will be like heavy on you but it's okay. It's still God's hand. And you know what? Have you ever watched a potter work? The potter will put his hand in the inside and on the outside. And sometimes you feel that way. There's pressure on the inside. There's pressure on the outside. It's okay. It's God's hand. You can trust. It's not going to destroy you. And lastly, check and ensure while you wait, check and ensure your heart is in the right place. Always have a checkup. God, is my heart still in the right place here? Proverbs 16.2 All a man's ways seem innocent to him. But motives are weighed by the Lord. 
Oh, but it seems okay. Uh-uh. I'll tell you a quick story. When I was, in, uh, when I was still a, a student in the seminary in the Philippines, I used to really spend a lot of time fixing my hair. You know? Like ours. You know, just, you know? And then everybody would admire my hair. Like, wow, your hair, you're like Goldilocks, blah, blah, blah. They would give me all these names. One day, God dealt with me on that and said, why are you doing what you are doing? I said, well, you know, I'm your child. I'm your princess. I have to look good, you know. And I'm like, yeah, but... And then he kept asking me, and I started bugging me, like, what the heck, will you just give me a break? Like, it's a hair. What is your deal, God? And God said, mm-mm. And he didn't stop until he finally got into the motive of my heart. Why was I doing it? I was enjoying attention. Glory to me. And it stopped right there. So the one morning I woke up, just left my hair like that, and everybody said, What? What happened to you? <laughs> like, Oh, having a bad hair day? Like a really bad hair day. Some things seem innocent to us until the Lord shows us. But we need to be in a place where we say, God, search my heart. Show me what really is. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Some of you have anger, anger issues. Some of you have bitterness. Some of you have all this stuff. Give it up already. Let's close in prayer. Because I'm already over time. Seven minutes here. Quickly. Let's just... You are in a place of waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for. There were ten things that I shared with you. And you don't have to come to the altar for for the shortness of time here. But wherever you are, build an altar to the Lord. And just say, God, there's an area there that the Lord spoke to you. Some of you are already freaking out. I'm already 25, Lord. If I don't get married, if I don't find a date now, like I'll never get married. Like, uh-uh. Wait. Wait. Lord, I've been praying for my family to be saved. And it's been two years. It's been three years. And they're still not saved. And things seem to be getting worse. And you're like, I'll just write them off. God is speaking to you. Lord God, those of you in the cohorts, if God has spoken to you through this message, I encourage you, wherever you are, build an altar to the Lord. And commit to be a person who knows how to wait. To wait on God's timing. And to wait correctly. Appropriately. The way the Lord would want for you to wait. Thank you God. Lord look into our hearts this morning. You know each one of us. Nothing is hidden before you. And you are an awesome God. And I thank you that you correct us. You show us things that we don't know is in our heart. And I pray that today. If you have done that. Some of us. I pray that everybody will have a response the appropriate response that you want from them and there will be a true surrender of their life to you God we truly want to be your people we truly want to be you know as Chancellor has been sharing the light of this world that when people look at us they will know we have a God we serve a living God Lord receive every prayer that's been prayer that's been uttered today bless each one God bless each one Father 
And I pray, Father, for a refreshing touch. I trust, Lord, that no single person here today did not hear any message from you. That there is someone in the multitude of words, something has been received in the spirit of each one here. And I pray for that word that has been sown into the heart of each one here in Oakland and across America and, and in, in Chennai and in Philippines and in Pakistan. I pray in the name of Jesus that we just water that word with, prayer, with, with our prayers, O oh God. And I pray that you will protect it so that the enemy cannot steal it and it will bring forth the fruit that you have intended for it, O oh God, to produce in their lives. I pray this. I pray this. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless everybody. May you learn to wait in accordance to the Lord's will. Enjoy lunch. God bless. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings of an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But the key to this thing is to wait. Wait on the Lord. 